This is episode 29 with Jamie Lee. We talk about discovering opportunities, approaching challenges, and his plan to travel to every single country in the world. Welcome to 8 Billion Gifts. This is your host, Sohil, a footballer, creative, and student. On this show, we talk to all kinds of people to discover their stories, their mindset, and their unique gift. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm joined by Jamie Lee, who is the owner of Better Abroad Media and the co-founder of Deep Social Brands, a videographer and a content creator who loves traveling the world. Having already visited 30 countries across six continents, his ultimate goal is to visit every single country in the world. Through his travels, he looks to connect people and share the beauty of cultures and places around the world. With over 30,000 followers on all social media platforms, Jamie showcases some of the most engaging and breathtaking views. While completing his mission of visiting every single country in the world, Jamie is committed to sharing what that process would look like. Jamie, thanks for joining. What's going on? Oh, I'm happy to be here. Really, really excited. Stoked. Love being on podcasts. Love all the chats that we've had previously and uh, just really fired up to have an awesome chat today. I'm so excited to have you on quick backstory you and I got connected a couple months ago we haven't gotten the chance to meet in person it'll happen soon but we did have a chance to have a conversation I think it was right before the new year where we reflected back on our year and then I remember at the end of that conversation I asked you about your ambitions for this upcoming year which I know are huge so I'm wondering how has this first month of the new year been so far for you uh, first month, honestly, like of 2021, it's off to probably the busiest start of any year that I've had. Um, we're recording this, it's right now tonight, it's uh, January 31st. And as of January 31st, from the 1st until the 31st, I had 22 shoots this month. Wow. Which is the most I've ever had in a month. Most of those shoots had 24 to 48 hour delivery um, sort of schedules. And I've been in charge of all, almost all of the editing. There was only one shoot where I co-teamed up with an edit. Everything else has been uh, kind of me so far. So it's been it's been a hectic ride so far, but I'm I'm loving it. I mean, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. I really do feel like I've kind of found that thing that's that's totally me, and and there's nothing that can take that away. And I just love it. I love it. It is busy. It's hectic. It's a bit yeah. stressful, but I'll I'll take that any day of the week. Well, that's the best thing when you have so much going on and, and the things you have going on actually align with what you enjoy doing. We talked about it before the podcast, like you, you had two shoots, I think you said before you came to the podcast where you had a lot going on this weekend, but it's all aligned with your big goals and you know what truly makes you happy. So it's going to be great to see you continue to grow that throughout 2021. Yeah, I'm definitely pumped. Like this weekend, for example, I had four shoots, two today, two yesterday. Yeah. So it's definitely, uh, like I was saying, hectic, but I work with some incredible clients and some great people. I get to do, um, I get to have a lot of creative freedom because I, I kind of own like my own companies, right? So I have full freedom to kind of take the direction of, of the ways that I want to with us with photos or videos. Uh, and the people that I'm working with are really open to different ideas and different things. So uh, it's kind of like that really beautiful marriage of just uh, getting to do what I love with people that I really enjoy being around. So it's almost like I get that social time in there too with my work. That's amazing. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But before that, let's get everyone to know a little bit more about you. So 
Give us some quick highlights of you growing up and how you got to where you are today. I know there's a lot that happened between those two timeframes, yeah. but give us give us some quick highlights. Cool. So I'll give uh, just, I guess, like a little two minute summary of day one to day whatever I'm at today. And that's uh, I was born in St. John's, Newfoundland, uh, came to Ottawa, Canada in 2000 when I was about four years old. I was born in 1996. And uh, I moved to Ottawa and right away got connected with some awesome, awesome people, some of which I'm still friends with today, like 20 some years later, which is fantastic and awesome. Uh, but basically growing up, my childhood was it was very athletic. It was all sports. It was hockey all the time. I was on the ice like anywhere from three to six times a week in the summers. Even I was still on the ice and I, I was just uh, I was just a kid that was a rink rat. I loved I loved hopping on the ice. I love working on my game. I love just uh, being out there with my teammates, uh, working on getting better. Uh, and I was really, really into that until uh, I was maybe like 14, 15. And then my, my sort of passion started to shift away from hockey and more into mountain biking, BMX and, and the cycling world, the extreme sports stuff. And I got, I just fell in love and I went all in. I started riding bikes all over the place here in Ottawa. I even did trips out in Whistler uh, to go travel and, and ride. And it was around then when I went to Whistler and in 2016 when I did that trip and I went to Europe that summer uh, that I started picking up a camera a bit more, uh, telling stories and, and just sharing that a little bit. And so uh, with me, the travel side of things kind of was also introduced in my teens at around the same time of biking. So it was just like my teens and growing up was a lot of travel to whether it was Europe or, or bike trips. And then uh, I, it translated into, you know, wanting to film my biking and, and learning new tricks with my, my friends, making edits of our skills and our progress. And then maybe filming a bit on these vacations, little stories here and there. And then by 2017, I, I kind of bit the bullet went right in and got, uh, it was January 2017, four years ago, I got the Adobe Creative Suite and, and just went aggressive at that night. I haven't looked back since. That's amazing to hear. And in the last, well, I guess three to four years now, because we're in 2021, you've gone to 30 different countries, which is incredible. What's even more incredible is those 30 different countries have been across six continents, right? And then the ultimate goal is to visit every single country in the world, which is a huge goal. So I'm wondering where did that dream come from to visit every single country in the world? Yeah, totally. So one thing I will say is I haven't done quite all 30 in the past four years. I did maybe okay, like okay. 12 to 14 with my family in Europe nice. um, through my teens. And then in the past like couple years has been around 16. Uh, but regardless, the whole idea for visiting every single country was it was a combination between two things. One, I've always found that I personally get a high off of doing things that I feel like very few people ever have the chance to do. Anytime I feel like I'm doing something incredibly unique, I just feel incredible because I'm like, out of all the people in humanity, I'm one of the few people that's had the opportunity and the chance to experience this. And that's all I care about. That's all I want to fill my life with. And then the belief that I could actually do it came when I saw, I started following Lexi Alford on Instagram. And for anybody that doesn't know who she is, she is the youngest person to have traveled to every single country in the world. She accomplished this in 2019 at the age of 21. Wow. And I was blown away, absolutely blown away. And this is every country, North Korea, Afghanistan, Sierra Leone, you know, Venezuela, 
all the places that are kind of looked at as more difficult to travel to, she's been there and she's done it. And so I just, I, the idea really stuck with me where I was like, there are so few people that ever have in the history of humanity had the chance to do that and to experience that much of life. Because I honestly believe that by meeting more people, seeing more places, you're just enriching your experience in life. And so I was like, you know what? I feel like that would be the ultimate thing for me to do and to make my life mission. I already love travel. I already love cultures. I already love meeting new people. I already love every every little bit of challenge that comes with it, whether that's missing flights or, or the little messy things in between. I, I love that stuff still. And I thought that that was a great challenge that I could uh, set for myself. And I've started saying it more and more publicly to put pressure on myself to actually make it happen, as well as to hopefully find connections that maybe can help me out in certain places. So, um, but that's kind of where it, where it all came from. Yeah, one thing that's really cool about that is it's a huge goal. It's a huge challenge, and I think huge dreams are the precursor to taking big action, right? Like it keeps you motivated, it keeps you driven every single day, and. And then, of course, not many people have done it before, which is, you know, it's just something special to be able to say you did something that not so many people have done before. So you've gone to 30 countries so far. You still have over a 100 to go. But from the 30 you've gone to, how would you say traveling has has impacted who you are as a person or how, how has traveling changed who you are as a person like what are some of the lessons that that you've gotten out of traveling so far yeah that's that's a fantastic question and so um there's a few different lessons that i've learned uh the first one i i started learning in 2018 when i embarked on my first ever solo mission i traveled to southeast asia for two and a half months through thailand malaysia singapore philippines and indonesia and even a brief stint in perth western australia and i was all alone I had one week where I met a buddy from high school of me of mine met up with me in Bali and we, we had a good time there. But other than that, I was entirely solo on my own. Yeah. And what that whole experience taught me was the value of independence and independent thinking and independent experiences. And, and to elaborate on that just a little bit further, what I really mean by that is like if you ever go on a solo hike or a solo trip or do something by yourself, you'll start to realize that because you aren't surrounded by friends, family, or people, especially when you're on the other side of the planet where you're so geographically isolated from the people you know, you really spend a lot of time reflecting. And I noticed that I was constantly just in my head thinking, and I was reflecting on where I currently am, being present, like grounded in the present moment, being like, holy crap, like, how did I end up on this beautiful beach in Thailand at sunset? And getting like really, really microscopic with it and thinking like of all the decisions I've made in my life and all the things that have happened in that move to Ottawa and and everything else in between the people I met here and there and the people that I just found on social media and whatever, it inspired me to do this. My life could have gone in so many different directions, but I'm here. And just like t that was just mind blowing to me. It was like people always say, stay present, stay grounded, but like that was next level being able to dive deep into the present moment but that's it's not just the present that you're you're going to be looking into on solo travel you're going to be looking into the past you're like i was saying like how did those decisions that i made back then lead me to here 
And that was incredible in itself. And then you start thinking of the future and you're like, wait a minute, where am I going to go next? I'm having this beautiful and enriched experience. I'm connecting with these like-minded individuals. I'm seeing the most beautiful parts of the world. How can I make more of this happen and still find more of these moments to come up? And, and that was really common. So I kept thinking about the past, the present, the future, and everything in between. And when I was diving deeper into this sort of mindset and this, this thought, I kept thinking to myself that you really start to recognize how insignificant most of the problems that we face are in our day-to-day lives. Um, I, I would realize like, you know, those little petty dramas that were maybe happening at the workplace. No one in Thailand cares about that. No, no one in the Philippines wants to hear about that stuff. Yeah. It doesn't matter to them. It's not important. In the grand scheme of things, it's minuscule. It's minor. It's really, it's really just not, not that, not something that you should dwell on. And it, I, when I came back from that trip, I, I took that with me, and I, and I became like so. I've never been a guy that got bothered easily, but it was even more so after that. It's very difficult to get me, like annoyed or upset. Um, because I think I have that sort of perspective of, you know, when I go to travel to places, I just recognize, you know, these people straight up don't care. They don't care about this stuff. People in, in Europe aren't thinking about the tiny little problems in my life right now because it really, it's, it's not that important. Um, and that might sound a bit harsh, but it's actually a very, very great reality to face. And it, it just makes you happier because you can put things into context. If something is not going to bother me five years from now, then why should it bother me today? And and I just kept thinking about that over and over and over again. Another lesson I learned was when I was traveling through the Philippines, I spent a lot of time with local families. And when I was with these families there and these people, they all spoke beautifully perfect English. And it's not a place that I would have expected them to speak great English, and they did. And, and they would invite me into their homes for meals and they would bring me on adventures and they'd want to play sports with me or they wanted to learn about where I was from. And every, it wasn't just one family. It was every single family I encountered on that island in Shargao was like that to me. And I realized, why can't I take a bit of that back home with me? Why can't I, when I have my own home, start inviting strangers in? Um, you know, obviously in, in Western culture, there's a bit of that stranger danger thing, but I just look at it as like, you know, strangers are friends you haven't met yet. And, and how can I welcome people into, into my home and into my life with open arms and, and kindness and compassion the same way that these people did for me because I now understand very deeply how much that meant to me. And if I can replicate that for somebody throughout the rest of my life, then that's a lesson I'm going to keep with me forever. So those are just a couple of like the lessons that I think travels has stuck with me forever. And, you know, I just know that there's so many more to come. Um, and that's one thing that's beautiful about it. I know that I've got all these other countries and other trips and other things that I want to do. And because of that, I'm really going to have even more enriching experiences that teach me new things. And that's in itself one of the greatest parts of travel is you're going to open your eyes to experiences, people, and ideas that you didn't know about before. And that's just going to make you a more open and I think just a better person. And, and that's what I love about it the most. Yeah, and that's one beautiful thing about going to all these experiences is it gives you this new level of perspective, which under that perspective, there's so many of those great lessons you just talked about because it it really is actually experiencing certain things where it hits you and you finally start to learn those lessons. Now, to a lot of people, traveling may not be 
you know, too easy, especially when it's when it's internationally and, and especially during a pandemic now. But I know a lot of the, the travels you've done recently in, in a pandemic has been local, right? So it's not like you need to go to a, to a different continent or different countries to be able to have these life lessons. You can do it, you know, in a place that's very close to home. So share with us a little bit about that, because I know a lot of your recent experiences have been more locally around Ottawa. Yeah, so obviously with the pandemic going on, my focus has been how can I replicate the traveler's mindset while I'm home? And that's something I never tried. I always viewed it as, oh, Ottawa's so boring. I have to get out of here. I have to go to the other side of the world to have true experiences. And when the pandemic hit, I really started to do that sort of reflection the same way that I was doing when I was traveling again. And I started asking myself every single day, I was asking myself, if you can't travel right now, because of the world circumstances. How can you get a traveler's experience? How can how can you bring that out of you, that adventurous side out of you? And I realized, you know what? I've never given myself the shot to go explore my backyard the same way that I've explored Europe, Asia, um, in different parts of the US or South America or wherever, right? And I was like, okay, like, what if this place is a little bit nicer than I thought? What if this actually is a world class, world class destination, and and I decided, you know what, like I'm gonna go explore my backyard as much as I can. I wanted to go everywhere I could around Ottawa, Gatineau, Quebec, Ontario, anywhere that I could drive my car. Shout out to Bianca, and 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 take her all over with me as long as I could afford the gas mileage and the maintenance. I was gonna go. Especially at the time in the summer when uh, the pandemic was really raging, I had been laid off. I lost all three of my jobs. So I was like, you know what? I've got all the time in the world. Luckily, I had that CERB check to kind of just afford a little bit of my, like my living expenses and then enough that I could go out and, and continue to try and, and build something. So I kept going out every single day. I was like, you know what? Like I'm going to check out All Trails, which is a great app where I was looking up hikes around the city and I found a bunch of different hikes and started documenting that on TikTok and building a little community there. And then I started asking friends if they whether they wanted to come or if they could suggest me new places. And I slowly started to realize that I was like, dang, this place is unbelievable. Ottawa is an amazing place. It's got a beautiful river with some of the best white water rafting in the world, which I haven't yet to experience, but something I am aware of. Uh, it's got some incredible lakes around here. The lake life in Ontario and Quebec, I think, is very underrated. Some of the best lakes in the world are here in cottage country. The summers here are absolutely fantastic. The sunrises and the sunsets. There's some great viewpoints such as Rock Dunder and Eagle's Nest and so many other things. And I started to realize that I was going on maybe like 25 adventures a month throughout the entire summer. And I, the traveler's mindset started to kick in and I said to myself, and I literally said to myself, I was like, you know what? I bet you I could make an adventure out of anywhere on planet Earth. It could be Kansas and I could find something cool to do. Everybody says that Kansas is boring. I'm sure it's actually not. I'm sure there's cool spots there. And what I wanted to do was just take that mindset with me everywhere I go. I don't want to ever hear somebody tell me that like, oh, this place is boring. There's nothing to do. You make stuff to do. You can always go out there and find it. If you're willing to put in that little bit of extra work, maybe go on a little bit of a longer drive, a little bit of a more difficult hike, uh, wake up a little bit earlier, you're going to be rewarded with such beautiful things. And and I that was like the biggest gift was understanding how beautiful like Ottawa is in my city, in my hometown. Uh, and two, just like, having that appreciation of saying, 
I can honestly feel like I'm, I'm comfortable being put anywhere and I'll go find something to do and I'll make something happen. And that was like a, a lesson I really hope to, to continue with. And Jamie, that's one thing I love about you is you're able to find the opportunity in any given situation. I remember from our, from our call we had about a month ago is one of the, I took note on this actually is you said everything is an opportunity. There's something in there. Speak to us a little bit more about like why is everything an opportunity and how can that potentially help someone progress towards their goals if they're able to change their perspective and, and find the opportunity? Totally. So I'm going to use something that I found on the internet recently. It might have been on TikTok. And it's one of the few things that I actually like it stuck with me and kind of changed uh, the way I, I thought about things. And if it didn't change, it just opened my eyes to putting it into words what I already thought. And that's it was something along the lines of, I don't ever want to say that something that happens is bad until a year after the fact, because you never know how those dots are gonna connect. For example, you could go out and you know, you're a soccer player, you could go out on the pitch and you're training one morning and you're like, I'm gonna go extra extra hard, I'm gonna punish myself and, and, and give myself a great workout. And then you break your ankle. And you just think, because I went so hard and so intense in that practice, I broke my ankle and that ruined me getting my pro contract. Just getting like very, very negative there. But what happens if you go to the hospital and the nurse happens to be the person who becomes your wife? Then that's one of the greatest things that's ever happened to you. The fact that you just broke your ankle. And there's things like that that happen every single day in day-to-day life. It doesn't have to be as extreme as, you know, you meet the the man or woman or whoever of your dreams. It's, it's just as simple as there is going to be something that out of every negative situation that pops up, if you look at it the right way, if you focus on where can I find, you know, some form of opportunity to better myself, to learn something new, to try something new, there's all, those things always appear. And, you know, like the a good example is when I got laid off in April, I lost a nine to five job as a social media manager and marketing um, guy at an agency and a videographer. I lost my steakhouse job and I also lost my freelance work because all my freelance photo and video was just restaurants and the restaurants had shut down. But instead of being like, oh man, like I lost all these three jobs, all my sources of income, like this sucks. I was like, you know what? What are my goals? What's my dream? It's still to go travel and and be paid to travel the world and tell these stories and encourage people to live a very enriching life through these experiences. Well, how can I do that and accelerate that journey? And I thought, TikTok. TikTok from all the social media stuff that I've been learning has been far and away the best app at getting exposed. I'm not traveling right now. It's Instagram's a really tough place to grow at the moment. So I was like, let me just make stuff on TikTok. And I kept doing it over and over and over and over again for two and a half months until finally something clicked. I doubled down on that and it's really, it's that's been the foundation of my career for the last year. And if there's anything I will say, it's like that, it looks on paper like losing three jobs in a very short period of time is an incredibly negative thing. Straight up, one of the best things to happen to my career. And it's not even close because I wouldn't be where I am today, you know, happily running two companies, making more money than I was before. um, And and just doing that with like, 
the best people. That would have never happened if those layoffs didn't occur, if the pandemic didn't happen. And I know that's a very privileged position to say that, like, I'm in a good spot because of the pandemic, because I know I can recognize that a lot of people, you know, have been hurt by it in so many ways. But I think that's an important thing to look at is like whatever negative thing happens to you, how can you leverage that? How can you use that as motivation? How can you uh, find an opportunity to go do something you've always wanted? You know, if that's a breakup, well, maybe that's a great opportunity for you to grow into a different version of yourself that you've never explored or experienced before. Um, You know, maybe it's time to look at your career a little bit differently or just to make that commitment that you've always wanted to. I just look at negative experiences as catalysts for change, and it's a, it's just a really great thing um, that I. It's another one of those lessons I'm keeping with me. It's sticking with me forever. Yeah, that's such a beautiful message and such a useful message during this time where it seems like every single door is closing and all the opportunities are closing. There's something in everything, as you mentioned, and it's just about changing the story you tell yourself, like you did with with getting laid off and losing those jobs you know you you could have been down on yourself and of course it's a very difficult situation but if you change the story you you tell yourself if you look for a way to keep moving forward you mentioned like using it as a catalyst right and you said something earlier about uh, i think it was don't say something is a bad situation until a year has gone by is that correct yeah That's amazing because if you have that belief, well, then you might as well do everything possible in the moment to make it a good situation, to take what you can out of that situation. For someone who's trying to implement this tactic of of looking for opportunities, but let's say, you know, they're they're in a, a place where maybe a lot has not gone to plan for them recently. Like what what steps can they take to start looking for that opportunity? Is it just is it just asking different questions? Is it taking action? Like what are some things they can do to start looking for those opportunities in a perceived bad situation that they might have? I, th- I think the first thing that somebody can do is reframe the situation and reframe your mindset and your beliefs. And so that what that means is it's, it's, it sounds simple, but it's actually really difficult to do and it does take practice. I believe it's a genuine skill. So when something happens to you, if your initial reaction and response is, oh, I can't believe this just happened. I feel really down about this whole situation. Nothing is going to plan. Um, you're, I think one, I do think honestly people plan a little bit too much. Life happens. You can't predict the future. You can't predict life. You can't predict that a global pandemic is going to come into the middle of 2020 and just rip out your year from underneath your feet and change everything that you thought was going to happen. But that's just life. Life is unexpected. It has so many different challenges that are going to come up for each and every one of us. Some people, it's going to be one thing. Some people, it's going to be another. So I think the first thing is reframe kind of how you're thinking about planning. Don't ever marry yourself to one path or one identity or one ideal because I think as soon as you become married to that idea of what's going to be, you become tied to that outcome and when anything comes and interrupts that, you become hurt. you just get hurt. And that's a it's just a bad spot. It's a dangerous place to be. I think it's so much more liberating if you can reframe your goals and your dreams into the position of this is where I want to go. These are the things that I want to do, 
but I'm not attached to how I get there. I'm not attached about the steps that I need to take. Obviously, there are things that I have to do every single day, every month or whatever, and there are little boxes that you got to check off. Yes, but when obstacles occur, you have to understand that's just a part of the journey. Obstacles are there to to help you grow and to push yourselves. You know, I think the greatest people on earth look at obstacles and say, let's go, let's conquer it. Yes. Be one of those people. Reframe a situation of negativity and, and nuance and look at that and say like, you know what? How can I climb this mountain? Jump over this hurdle. How can I push myself a little bit farther forward? You know what? What can I do to like say, I'm going to take this challenge on and, and, and give it my all and conquer it. It's just, it's a simple belief of reframing things that like, ne- like things aren't as negative as you think. You need to understand that you can't tie yourself to specific paths, specific outcomes. Those are just dangerous for people's mental well-being and health. I think if you're just open and you say, you know what, I've got these dreams, I've got these goals, I'm going to move forward with them every day. Life happens, let's pivot, let's go. You know what, we're here to dance. It takes two to <laughs> tango, let's let's give it all, you know? Yeah. Like you, it's It's like having that beautiful balance between being reactive and proactive. Because so many curveballs are going to get thrown your way. You got to react to that, but you got to be prepared for those to happen. Um, just reframe yourself that, you know what, like you need to understand you can't tie yourself to an exact outcome and an exact path and that life happens. And if you can really, really grasp that deep into your bones, I think like the world's your oyster. You're going to be a very happy individual. Yeah, that's such a powerful tool, being able to reframe situations and as you mentioned it's a skill that's going to be need to to be built over time but once you develop that skill it gives you the ability to to change the way you look at situations and if you can change the way you look at situations then you might be able to better set yourself up for for your future goals right so if you're if you're hit with a challenge if you're hit with an obstacle let's go you talked about it right like bring on the challenge reframe the situation Go from this is this is bad. Why is this happening to me? To what is the opportunity in here? Mm-hmm. Now, one scary thing about that, which you slightly touched on at the beginning, is when we get too attached to an outcome, we tend to close off all of the potential learning opportunities or the opportunities in that situation, right? And it's easy to stick with an outcome that is so common to yourself. If it's a thought, if it's an identity that you've had for many months or years, well, then it's easy to to divert right into that that outcome again or that identity. So what what comes to mind of what people can do to to try and separate away from that that old identity of of this is a bad situation or or this is my my old thought and and go to that new thought of you know, there's an opportunity here, or at least try and try and ask a better question. Like, how can people do that? I think there's one little quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson, if I'm, I believe it was him. And it's as simple as saying the journey is the destination. And I genuinely believe that if you really want to eliminate yourself from being disappointed, you have to eliminate yourself from the attachment of outcomes. And so what you have to fall in love with is the process of becoming who you want to be, 
of do the process of getting to where you want to go. That has to be more rewarding than the actual final destination. You have to be just as attached to showing up in the gym if you want to be an athlete. Yeah. You know, like you can't just be as attached to, you know, scoring goals. You know, like if all you care about is scoring that goal, but you're not actually willing to go to the gym and you don't fall in love with that process, you're not actually going to score goals or, or get to where you want to go. And so for me, on the travel side of things, what I've noticed is that I enjoy preparing for my trips as much as I enjoy going on them. I love finding every single way that I can make a little bit more money, save a bit more money, and and just plan things out as much as I do, you know, finally getting to that beach or to that mountain or swimming with those creatures. That's just as rewarding for me. And so, like, that's where you start to fall in love with everything because now all parts of your life are now beautiful because they feed into where you want to go. You enjoy it because you're just attached to progress. The attachment to progress, I think, is one of the most beautiful things because it's ongoing. It never ends. But the attachment to an outcome is finite. That's that's going to end once you get there. And then it's like, all right, what's next? But if you fall in love with just progressing towards different things, progressing as an individual, progressing in your career and your skill sets, those things have longevity. Those things are eternal. You can always get better. You can always learn more. You can always find some area of progression in your life. And and that's what the journey is. The journey is learning. The journey is finding things, discovery and all of that stuff. And, and the journey is like the challenges are a part of that too. And if you can contextualize within yourself that it's the journey that matters more than where I go, then I think that you're going to be really, really, really fulfilled. But the, the thing is, is like I was alluding to earlier, these are these are active skills. It's it's practice. Like I, I don't want to say that I'm or sound like I'm somebody that just gets it, that got this. It's like I, I practiced these things for many years. And, and these are the things that I've found for my own self have made me really, really fulfilled and happy. Um, but I do think that it's it's macro enough that you can apply that stuff to your life. It's just fall in love with with every part of that aspect of of getting there that I think is really, really important. Yeah, that's great. Emphasizing on on the process and on the learning and on trying to become an improved version, an upgraded version of yourself. You said attaching yourself to progress, right? And I think that's great because if you identify yourself with someone who is looking to make progress, someone who has the intention to make progress, then you're going to be open to throwing away some of those old identities and thoughts and and starting to become open to some new thoughts that that might serve you better for the goals and the dreams that you might have. So I really love that. Let's talk about effort because I know you're huge on effort. You work hard and you believe effort brings the results. Tell us a bit about the importance of effort and and how work ethic specifically has helped you be successful in in what you've done and what you currently are doing in life? I think effort, it comes down to a couple things. Kind of what I was saying a second ago is with that journey, effort's a part of that. Mm-hmm. Consistency is a part of that. You know, you're not if you're not consistent with those things, if you're not putting in those efforts, then your progress is going to be slowed or stagnated or it's going to regress if you're that inconsistent. And for me, that's, that's just been a core theme is like, just keep, keep showing up, man. It's, it's so important. Like if I can just show up in, in, into Adobe premiere 
you know, four or five times a week, then I'm going to get better. I'm going to become a more efficient editor. If I can do more shoots, then I'm just going to get a, be become a better cinematographer. If I have more conversations like this, I'm just going to become a better man, a better individual, you know? And so effort's a huge part of that. I think, you know, like there's the classic Gary V model of just hustle, hustle, hustle. And that's incredibly important. You do have to balance that with how much do you want to relax? How much do you enjoy your work that you feel like you can, you know, cut back on certain things? Uh, I'm definitely in that point where I enjoy my work so much that I'm maybe cutting back on social life a little bit too much. Um, But at the same time, I love it. I think if you want to progress, though, there has to be a nice marriage and balance between effort and intelligent effort. So, you know, like you can go to the gym and you could sweat it out for three hours, but are you really getting the optimal amount of gains or are you just burning way too many calories? Are you just stressing your muscles way too much? And it's actually hurting your progress more than anything. So I think you have to balance effort with a strategic approach to your disciplines. Um, For me with TikTok, when I built my account, which is just over 30,000 people right now, I spent like two and a half months, nearly 90 posts, just straight flops everything nothing hit nothing was working nothing was clicking that's a lot of effort but i kept testing out different strategies and different things to try and and get some attention and traction and eventually i found that local content local travel was hitting more than international content and travel so then i kept strategizing how to double down on what was working and then that created a big exponential curve within my growth and I think there needs to be like the another conversation there about it's like you could show up every single day and be consistent, but make sure that you're you're showing up right. You know, if you're going to the gym, you're you're going there with a plan of what workouts am I doing? What, you know, muscle groups am I hitting? Am I doing cardio today or am I doing chest and tries? You know, is it a nice like am I working on my metabolic conditioning? Or, you know, like maybe my goal today is like I'm going for, you know, personal bests. You need to figure out like if you're going to be putting in effort exactly how to match that with the right approach and strategy. Again, it's another skill. I don't have that mastered. I can't talk like somebody that is has all that stuff figured out because I'm progressing and I'm learning and I'm trying to get better at that stuff. But effort's a huge part of it. And a big part of effort is that consistency of just do a little bit every single day. A thousand 20 minute workouts is going to be so much better for you than two, like three hour ones. So you made an important distinction about effort versus intelligent effort. Mm -hmm. That's, that's an important thing to keep in mind because you can put forth a lot of hard work, but if that work is not actually getting you closer to your goals or whatever it is you're trying to achieve, well, then it's not going to be useful effort. So it's important to to put forth intelligent effort. And I think one of the best ways to do that is to to schedule in more times of reflection in our life where we can look back at certain events and and certain things. Like let's say you, you had a, a photo shoot or a video shoot, right? Take some time to reflect back on it. Look at what worked, look at what didn't work. And then next time, you know, you have that information to put forth more intelligent effort. So I think that reflection is is an important part there too. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think I would even describe it as a, just as simple as directional effort. Your effort has to be in a specific direction every single time, you know, and that's direction needs to like, if you're like the gym's just the easiest example, because pretty much everybody's going to get it. Yeah. If you want to bulk, you got to train like you're bulking. 
If you want to cut, you got to train like you're cutting. Throwing spaghetti at the wall and just pretending it's going to work <laughs> out is not how, how things work. And, and so, like, the gym might be the most simple example and easiest to understand. But if you can take that and be like, how can I, within my life, my personal life, my social life, or my career, apply that to me? And um, it's not an easy thing to, to ask and answer, but that's where the reflection comes in. Reflect on that. Take some time to, like, evaluate how can I how can I put my efforts in in the way of the direction that I want to go. And I think you'll actually get there. Um, I haven't gotten to all the places that I want to go physically and metaphorically, but I feel good about the direction I'm going. And, and that's, again, the journey. The journey's just great. And it's just got to be going, going forward every day. I'm wondering with a, a crazy busy schedule like yours, do you have time to, to do those reflections? Is that something that's part of your schedule right now? Or is it just go, go, go? I'm wondering, do you have time in your schedule to do that reflection? And if so, like, what does that reflection process look like to you? So it's really interesting that you say that. So as soon as you said, schedule your reflections, my initial thought was like, I don't actually schedule them. Mm-hmm. It's a habit for me. Because like, and it's a habit that I formulated on my Southeast Asia trip. I just, all I did for three months, I was on my own. I had nobody else. All I did was reflect. It was just, it was my state of being. I was there for like 80, 90 days or something. And I just, I had nothing else to do but reflect internally, externally, everything. And I haven't stopped that reflection process since. Anytime I'm alone, I'm reflecting. If I'm driving, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking about what just happened, where I want to go, the things that I'm doing. Um, any time I have by myself, if I want to walk, I'm reflecting. Uh, if I'm, you know, just any, any solo time I have, that's my reflection time. I don't, I don't schedule it. I don't think of it. It's just what happens. And it's, it's nice. I love it. It's, it's a, it's a really cool thing. That's kind of what solo travel introduced me to is just a, a habit of reflection. That's amazing. And the cool thing with, with having it become a habit is it occurs so frequently that there's more opportunities for learning in your day. Yes. Yes, exactly. I I feel like I learn something new every single day because I reflect so much. And because it's a habit, it's automatic. I don't think of it. I just, oh, I just think I'm like, oh, what a, I'm going to be reflecting about this conversation for the next couple of days. I'm really excited. I get a high off of having great conversation. This is something I'm going to reflect on for the next couple of days. And it's just going to be automatic. I'm not going to think of it. I reflect on all my shoots. I reflect on like the people that I meet. It's It's not something I intentionally think of. It's just... You know, I spend a lot of time by myself and I guess that classic, you know, like do something for this many days and it becomes a habit was true for me. I'm wondering what's the biggest area of your personal life that you're currently curious about? What's something that you want to discover more, maybe have more experience in? And this this can be anything really like uh, fitness, relationships, health, fear. It can be anything related to your personal life because I know you have a busy schedule and sometimes it's it's, it's difficult to make times for areas that you do want to further explore in. So is there anything that comes to mind there? Yeah, over the next several years, I want to challenge myself physically. I want to see like, I want to put myself through endeavors that are physically challenging and, and are very difficult to go through um, to see like, how, like how tough can I get my mind to match with my body? I had a pretty fantastic experience with Michael Davidson in November um, doing some very, very deep meditations and, and polar plunges into his frozen lake um, and, and sauna stuff, a lot of Wim Hof breathing methods. 
And I, I had this understanding of like how much further my body could go. Um, I hopped right, we had to take a sledgehammer to the ice and break through it and, and hop in on the dock and I, I submerged myself fully underwater. And the high that I felt after that was one of the greatest experiences of my life. I actually, I stayed outside in the freezing cold, it was about minus five, shirtless, soaking wet, with like icicles around my nipples, <laughs> and, and just like chilling, quite literally. And I didn't feel pain. I wasn't suffering. I felt maybe a little bit of di- uh, like discomfort, but because I'd gone through that like deep meditation in the sauna, in and out for a couple hours, and, and had gone to a point of like subconsciousness that I hadn't experienced in the past. I was like, this is a totally new like form of experience that I think I want to explore more. I want to explore like, okay, what can my brain and my body do together? Like how far could I run? You know, like how good in shape could I get? And the reason why I want to do those is because those actually scare me. And I want to run in the direction of things that like give me fear. Like it scares me to run like a marathon or something. It scares me to like show up at the gym five days a week and like, have that discipline and cut things out of my life to make that happen and and that sort of stuff. It doesn't scare me like a like the boogeyman, you know, but it's like it scares me knowing the amount of work and consistency and effort that that's going to take. And you know, it's like I've never done something like that before. I don't know what's going to become of that. Um, but I think I I owe it to myself to give that a try. Um, it's just it's going to be difficult, you know, but that's, that's a, that's a side of me. I, I've always felt like I, I want to, I want to dive deeper into. Yeah. There's a great quote that says, do the thing you fear and the death of fear is certain. And that's exactly what you talked about. Move towards your fear. Do the thing that scares you. Take on the experience because by actually doing the experience, you break that old perceived scary story that you told yourself. And that's why I always encourage people to take on their fears, to step outside of their comfort zone frequently, because every time you explore your fear, you explore a new capability within yourself. It's cool that you did the cold plunge. I'm, I'm wondering, was that something where you, where you hopped in it right away or did it take you a couple of minutes to get into the cold water? Oh, it was, uh, I went in twice actually. And so we were in the sauna for the first time for about 45 minutes. And we were doing very intense guided breath work. And so then I hopped in and I was in there for maybe 15 seconds. And I went about like collarbone deep. And then I hopped out and then we went back into the sauna for another hour. And we even got the sauna up to like 80 or 85 degrees Celsius at one point. We poured a bunch of water on the coals and steamed the whole thing up. So I did both extremes. And the whole point of that was like, we were going through this very intense guided meditation with Michael. And it was like, to the point of like, I'd never felt physically like this before. Like it was, it was a very incredible experience. And then as we get out of this sauna the second time, I was like, you know what? Like I actually want to go back in, into the lake. I wasn't told. I was like, no, I'm going back in and I'm dunking myself under the water. I didn't submerge. I didn't put my head under there. And that was like a challenge that I knew I wanted to conquer. And so 
I, uh, we walked out and I had realized that like the thin layer of like water had started to like freeze and crack up in the past hour since we had been out there. So I had to like kick it a bit. And, uh, and then because we had hopped out onto the dock, all that l- water that we splashed up on the first jump had now frozen over into a very slick layer of ice. So I had to like put on shoes on my hands to like push and grab grip. I went in there and I dunked myself and it was like, it was an active decision. It was a choice. And it was one of those things where it was like, I did it solely because I knew it was going to be a challenge, but I knew the reward was on the other side of the hurdle was like, I knew if I could dunk myself, I didn't even want to get in the water period in the first place when I arrived there. Yeah. Uh, I was like wearing a hoodie and all like cozied up and I was like, man, I'm cold. Yeah. And, but I did it and I did it twice. And that realization of the high you get from conquering something can't beat it. I can't even remember what you asked. I kind of went on that tangent, but (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing. And for, for anyone listening, you don't need to jump in, in, cold water like that to be able you know to grow and to be able to overcome fear it's just about doing something challenging that that's just a little bit outside your comfort zone and if if you're listening to this really just maybe do a check-in now and and ask yourself when's the last time I did something that that challenged me and and took me a little bit outside my comfort zone and if you haven't done anything in the last few weeks well then make this upcoming week maybe a week where you go on and take take on a challenge because you know, it's it's through challenges where we grow and where we discover a, a higher level of ourselves. And for you, one of those things is jumping in that in that cold water. Yeah, that was like I'll send you later the video that I took. I recorded my reaction after it, and it was like a two minute thing. And I was just shouting at my camera like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I feel so fantastic! I've never felt like this before." But it was true. Yeah. Um. It was it was a combination between deep meditation, which I'd never experienced, and and just a, a, a proper physical challenge in, in conquering it. So, I highly recommend if anybody is listening. Give yourself some form of physical challenge that you think you can conquer. Maybe that's like set a pull-up challenge for yourself, you know, a cold shower or a cold bath and like hold it for 30 seconds. It doesn't need to be incredible, but the mental benefit that you get of just doing it and putting yourself through that experience is remarkable. It's very difficult to describe and the deeper into it you go, the better you're going to feel. I agree with that. And if, if you are committing yourself to trying out a challenge right now, Hit up Jamie or hit up myself and tell us about the challenge because we'd love to know, you know, what that challenge is. Yeah, totally. Let's do it. Jamie, let's get into some quick fire questions. The first one, these can be answered in, in a sentence or a couple sentences. The first one is four destinations you would recommend people visit. Two of them for views, so for, for the attraction and then two of them for the cultural aspect and more of the experience. So four destinations, two for views, two for the experience. Uh, two for the experience. Funny enough, like I'm not going to put them as the views places, but they could. They could easily be in that category as well. But for the cultural experiences, I am obsessed with Cusco, Peru. Um, and that's also the access point to Machu Picchu. Um, Cusco, Peru, it's just it's this beautiful melting pot of Incan and 
uh, colonial Spanish culture, and and the proven people are fantastic. They're beautiful and they're kind and they're sweet. And it's it's a beautiful city that has an extraordinary extraordinary way of life. And if you could go on uh, different tours to like the Sacred Valley or to Machu Picchu, yes, you're getting those incredible views too. But you're getting that ridiculous cool cultural experience that's very difficult to find anywhere else. Another one I mentioned it earlier is Shargao in the Philippines. Just the, I think every person on planet Earth should understand what I'm talking about when it comes to how beautiful and sweet the Filipino people are. They're just like genuinely the nicest and kindest and warmest hearts I've ever stumbled upon. And I can't wait to go back and explore more of that country. It's just, it's it's a unique experience of just kind and kindness and compassion that it's very difficult to describe. And on top of that, it's ridiculously beautiful. But some places that I also recommend for some incredible views, to no one's surprise, Switzerland. Oh, that's, the Swiss Alps are spectacular. Um, Mount Pilatus is insane. You've got like some of the most just beautiful green rolling hills and mountains and cowbells and and, fr- and Swiss chocolate and, and languages. And oh, it's, 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 str- it's strictly stunning. Problem is, Switzerland is one of the most expensive places on planet Earth, so budget for it accordingly. Uh, another place that I also would really, really recommend for um, you know views has to be Khao Sok National Park in Thailand. I think it's the most beautiful part of Thailand. Nobody talks about it. it has these incredible, beautiful limestone cliffs on this gorgeous reservoir. I saw a wild elephant there too, which was cool. Um, it's, it's just un- unbelievable. It's awesome. Those sound like beautiful places. I, I need to go to those places when I get the chance. You're making me want to travel. <laughs> you do. You do. Everyone does. You should. What are three fun activities everyone can do for free? Ooh. Um, one, social time. Anytime you have a chat like this, I know it sounds silly. I know it sounds cliche and it might sound like I'm making up that answer, but I'm not. I've been doing a lot of FaceTimes, especially because of the pandemic, just to keep in touch with people and having better conversations. I think one of the best things you can invest in is conversations. I think one of the best ways you can learn from is talking to people. I genuinely believe if you had a a FaceTime call with different people every single day for a year, you'd learn more than you would in a university degree. That's a maybe a controversial opinion. I just think people are a wealth of knowledge. Every human being on planet Earth knows something you don't. Try to figure that out. Uh, another one is just go explore your backyard. If you can go like look up on all trails, the best hikes around you. Um, if you're from Ottawa, you know, maybe check out my TikTok, shameless plug, uh, find some cool spots to go to. Um, that's always free. You know, you get a few friends together, hop in a car, drive out to somewhere new. Um, and then honestly, the third one or the last one I'd say is like, I'm just a, a big cyclist big mountain biker. Um, it's not free to get a bike, but I, I always say it's like, there's, uh, there's two types of people in the world. There's like, um, those that aren't happy and those that are riding bikes. (laughs) So that was a, a joke I used to have with my friends. So if you can just like, you know, get your body moving, whether that's on a bike or some rollerblades, um, 
or, you know, a longboard, a skateboard. Find some sort of, like, physical tool that you can use to move around on. Um, you can't always go for walks and runs. Those are fun. But if you want that extra bit of fun, grab grab a squad. Go on a bike ride together. You know, go go rollerblade somewhere uh, if you can. You know, go skateboard. Um, you know, just any sort of, like, physical tool that you can use that can make you go faster than your own feet. Skiing, snowboarding. Obviously, those aren't free. Um, but if you have some sort of tool around your house that you can use to, to ride, do it. Do it and grab the homies, grab the friends. You won't regret it. Those are some nice activities. A travel company sponsors your trip to any continent in the world and you can go to any countries within that continent. What would that dream trip look like to you if a travel company sponsors everything? Oh my goodness, putting me on the spot here. <laughs> Tricky part is of wanting to go everywhere is like, why can't I choose all seven continents, you know? Um, but if I got to stick to one, if I got to stick to one and I'm being paid to go there, I'm being paid to check out all these places, it's got to be Africa. And I'm starting in Cape Town, South Africa, one of my dream cities to go visit. I'm starting there and then I'm going to Kruger National Park. I'm going to head up to Namibia and check out the desert and photograph some lions and elephants there. Uh, I'm probably going to check out Botswana, go to Tasmania as well. Um, not Tasmania, sorry, Tanzania. Tasmania is a part of Australia. Um, going to go check out Tanzania to, you know, summit Kilimanjaro and get beautiful photos of giraffes, you know, standing in front of the, the mountain. Um, but because it's also Africa, I'm going to check out Madagascar, Seychelles, and, uh, you know, Mauritius, check out the island life. And uh, I'm going to get a lot of that stuff done. If it's one continent, I go to many other countries. That's the dream. That sounds super exciting. And, and I'm sure it will happen sometime soon, right? Because you have that big goal. So we'll all be tuning in and, and, and awaiting that big trip. So let's say you are going backpacking, wherever it might be. Mm -hmm. What essential items would you have in your backpack? Oh, I love this. Microfiber towel, essential. It's going to dry you super fast. You're going to get dry super fast and the towel is going to dry itself super quick. So you're not going to, if you put it back in your bag, it's not going to get all like wet, everything wet. It's, it's just really effective for when you're showering. That's awesome. Uh, also, I bring a pair of water shoes. Shoes that, you know, like I can use, whether it's at the beach, especially for rocky beaches, it's nice. Um, or, you know, like walking through rivers and different things, uh, cliff jumping, water shoes that kind of have like, uh, just like holes in the bottom that can allow water to pass through. Those are really, really, really good. Um, one thing, it's going to sound so like obvious and silly, but I'm the worst at making this mistake. I'm saying this for me, not anyone else. Sunscreen. <laughs> I, I singe myself. I get burnt easy. I always forget to put stuff on. I'm literally just saying this, Jamie, don't forget your sunscreen next time. Because yeah. I've had some bad, uh, bad sunburns. Um, also, you're going to need some international adapters. So when you go traveling, different uh, countries in different parts of the world use different plugs. So you need to have an adapter that can have all different types of plugs for all different regions of the world so that me as a Canadian, which uses like the Canadian slash American type plug, can use it in Indonesia or Australia or, um, you know, South America, something like that. Yeah. Um, and then honestly, I really like having one of these guys, a little journal. Uh, you can write down things. You can take notes. Um, if you're a videographer like me, you can write scripts. Um, that's awesome. Obviously, bring cameras. 
that you can. And uh, but don't forget to uh, bring an open mind. That's probably the most important one. I like that last one. That's definitely the most important one. If you could magically know a new language, what language would that be? Oh, ooh, that is a great question. Honestly, I'd probably want to learn Mandarin if I could just be given it. Yeah. I don't actually want to learn Mandarin, I don't think. It's either Mandarin or Arabic. Mm. Um, I think those two languages, you know, are just spoken by billions of people around the world. And again, I like saying I can do things that other people can't (laughs) or like I've done things. I've done things that other people haven't done. And like I can speak Spanish fairly fluently. Um, about semi-fluent and stuff with that. So I love saying that, like, I'm just some white guy from Canada that can speak Spanish because nobody's expecting that. But you know what nobody would expect either? If I spoke Arabic or Chinese. That would just be so cool. Yeah. Like, who's this guy? <laughs> How can he do that? That's yeah. – I love that stuff. Well, you know what would be cooler if you if you learn how to speak Arabic – and Mandarin at the same time. That's the that's the complete combination there. <laughs> there we go. I start being that connection between the UAE and China. Yes. We're going to end off with one last thing. But before that, Jamie, let us know where we can connect with you and stay tuned with this incredible journey that you're going on. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me on. So, Hale, it's been a, a, f- a wonderful pleasure this evening and I'm really enjoying myself. But if you want to check out the stuff that I do, my Instagram is James Life, life with an extra E. So James, L-A-F-E-E. Same thing on TikTok, exact same username. If you want to check out my website where uh, it hasn't been updated in a while, long-term play, not going to be touching it for a little bit, but you can check out some of my adventures there at www.lifesbetterabroad.com. Uh, that's a nice little travel blog that I have going on there. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, if you want to, you know, reach out to me on email, just Jamie, J-A-M-E-Y at lifesbetterabroad.com. And also YouTube is nomads, nomads, all caps, N-O-M-A-D-S. You can check out a lot of my vlogs and, and video content there. Amazing. All those links will be in the description. Everyone highly recommend you connect with Jamie. He's always happy to talk to you and an incredible guy. Thank you. Last thing before we finish the podcast, what's a message you want to leave everyone off with? This can be an idea. This can be a couple of thoughts. What's something you just want everyone to start thinking about as they're wrapping up this podcast? Yeah, so I've kind of lived my life by like a couple fundamental principles, but I'll talk about one. And that one is, is that honestly, you never know how quickly life can be taken from you. You don't know like when things can go wrong, right? And so I honestly believe that, and I've said this on another podcast before, but we've got an hourglass. Every one of us, we have our own hourglass. The tricky part is, is we don't actually know how much sand we have and how much sand we have left. So why not act like every single day that thing is just running on empty? You only got a little bit left. Because if you really were to be able to see just how much sand you have left, you'd probably change your behavior a lot. So why not just act like that right now? What a beautiful message. Perfect way to end it off. Jamie, thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me, man. I'm really, really excited for this. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the 8 Billion Gifts podcast. Check out the links in the description if you are looking to get connected with this week's guest. This is a great platform to expand your network, connect with people who come on, and to learn something new at the same time. Stay tuned for next week's episode featuring a new story and mindset. In the meantime, keep learning, keep growing, and have an amazing day.